back to New World next week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. This is like giving Bill Buckner the Gold Glove Award. We've got that story, plus climate corruption. But first, it's another week in tyranny. This week in tyranny, the latest out of the UK. Britain okays Pfizer vaccine and will begin shots within days. Britain became the first country in the world to authorize a rigorously tested COVID-19 vaccine Wednesday, December 2nd, today as we are taping this. And they say they could be dispensing shots within days, an historic step towards eventually ending the outbreak that AP claims has killed more than 1.4 million people around the globe. In giving the go-ahead for emergency use of the vaccine developed by American drug maker Pfizer and Germany's BioNTech, Britain vaulted past the United States by at least a whole week. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration not scheduled to consider the vaccine until December 10th. This is a day to remember, frankly, in a year to forget, said British Health Secretary Matt Hancock. The announcement sets the stage for the biggest vaccination campaign in British history and came just ahead of what experts are warning will be a long, dark winter. What, especially with, with their possible virtual flag I-911s that'll what, knock out the grid? All your storable foods, they all fall and rot, and then you'll have to stand out in the cold at the grocery store. This is the Associated Press just saying dark winter. No quotes, no citations, no context. They're just using the code words. Meanwhile, came out a little bit after that, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson says the COVID-19 vaccine won't be mandatory following a series of rallies in London where thousands rallied against mandatory vaccination policies. UK Prime Minister Bojo congratulated Pfizer and British regulators for becoming the first in the West to approve a COVID-19 vaccine for emergency use, but cautioned, which is a funny word, I would say he, he relieved many people, he cautioned that taking the vaccine won't be mandatory. <laughs> mandatory vaccines, it's conspiracy when you and I say crazy things like that, James. Meanwhile, more great work from Whitney Webb on unlimitedhangout.com as U.S. and U.K. intel agencies, I guess, continue to essentially declare war, cyber war, on independent media. British and American state intel agencies are weaponizing truth to quash in this case, vaccine hesitancy as both nations prepare for mass inoculations in a recently announced cyber war to be commanded by AI-powered arbiters of truth against information sources that challenge official narratives. And finally, speaking of official narratives from USA Today, a vaccine stimulus is the shot in the arm our country needs. This comes from John K. Delaney, which USA Today informs is a former congressman from Maryland, so we're already in dicey territory, and he sought the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination. He's an opinion contributor, which since 2016 is what most of the fake news is anymore. He says it is time to solve the COVID vaccine distribution problem and stimulus at the same time by giving Americans 1500 bucks for getting vaccinated. James? And let me throw another uh, story into the ring, one from the independent.ie out of Ireland that sh shows that the Irish government is planning to underwrite virus vaccine firms to reassure patients as the UK approves the Pfizer jab. And it says that the government, the Irish government, has agreed to indemnify five drug companies producing COVID-19 vaccines against any liabilities that arise from complications with their rollout. 
in the coming months, the move is considered standard practice, but is also a precondition of accessing doses of each of the company's vaccine and signals the government's confidence in the jabs being approved for quality, safety, and efficacy by the European Medicines Agency in the coming weeks. So, uh, congratulations to all of my British brethren and family uh, who now get to enjoy the benefits of Brexit. No, you're not under the remit of the European Medicines Agency. You've got your own approval process for this vaccine. Rubber stamp, rush it through. The Irish will have to wait a little bit, little bit longer, but don't worry, it will be underwritten and approved by the uh, the Irish government. And of course, legal indemnity for anything that could possibly go wrong. So let's just let's just make sure I have this straight. First of all, of course, the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine, experimental mRNA vaccines, never before approved for human use, have been rushed through development in a series of months. These vaccines generally take an average of 10 years to develop a new vaccine, and that's just the regular vaccine technology, not this experimental, never-before-approved-for-human-use mRNA vaccine. Rushed through in a process of months. Go to the Pfizer uh, Phase 1, 2, 3 clinical uh, uh, trial uh, protocols, which they have published on their website. I will provide a link, and you will see that the Phase 3 trial of safety and efficacy testing is still ongoing with regards to this, this vaccine that they are now rushing and writing legal indemnity for. In fact, the, uh, the, the, this, the trial itself will not complete for 24 months after vaccination, so two years. So people who are rushing to take this vaccine are literally human guinea pigs who are literally volunteering to be experimented on. And, uh, oh yeah, by the way, in the U.S., of course, under Trump's Operation Warp Speed, the, the military has been empowered to deliver these vaccines within 24 hours after emergency use authorization takes place in the U.S., which it is going to. I'm going to make that bold prediction. And in the UK, as Whitney Webb reports, yes, the, the UK military is now actively targeting anyone who raises questions about these vaccines. You are the enemy, just like in we saw recently with Canada, literally targeting Canadian citizens. Now the UK is targeting people around the world who might have questions about this vaccine. So if you are fine with all of that, you are willing to be the human guinea pigs in this mass scale experiment and roll up your sleeve and say, yes, please, I want this. Okay, fair enough. I do not own your body. I cannot tell you what you should or should not do with your body. I wouldn't presume to do that. It is your choice to make. All I ask is the same in return. It is my choice to make whether or not I do that, whether or not my family gets these experimental vaccines, and no one has the right to come in and abrogate that fundamental bodily autonomy, my body, my choice. Is that a deal? That's all I'm asking, and I think that's all any reasonable person would be asking in this situation. And I, I think there are some pretty important things that people should consider before they decide to become human guinea pigs in this mass scale experiment. But we'll, of course, as always, put the links to all of these things in the show notes so that you can go and research it for yourself and come to your own conclusions and decide for yourself what you will and will not do with your body. James, I, I, this has been hitting me more and more. How sort of easy this all could have been in some ways. Oh, there's this virus and maybe, you know, the, some of the, the older or infirm, they're, they're going to be the most vulnerable. So, you know, be careful. Okay, great. But you've forced healthy people to destroy everything. Again, this could have gone all so differently, but 
they didn't want it to go this way. So it's going to go way more different. James, I was talking this morning on my morning show. Essentially, half of the medical professionals surveyed in the States, they're not going to take it. And what does that tell you when the people who work inside this industry go, oh, gosh, I don't think it's almost like, you know, the guys that run the tech companies when they say, yeah, I don't let my kids use that crap. On a related note to this week in tyranny, this one, James, really enrages me, which is saying a lot. Small businesses that took federal aid may now face punishing tax bill. I sent that one to my parents and they actually told me that a family member's music instrument business is in that very boat. They took the aid, they invited the vampire in, and oh my gosh, he bit your neck. What a shock. So that is This Week in Tyranny, I think, scamdemic style, but in other realms of corruption on this New World Next Week, episode 430, we've been doing this for 11 plus years, UN Climate Agency slapped with corruption allegations. This coming from Zero Hedge. And again, everything always included in your show notes. The Financial Times recently acquired a draft report by the United Nations Development Program, that's the UNDP, of audit and investigations outlining how fraud and corruption have been linked to the multi-billion dollar Global Environment Facility, the GEF. FT examined the draft report, which described financial misstatements that were discovered across UNDP's portfolio of GEF-funded projects around the world. Issues identified by the audit could seriously compromise the achievement of the objectives of the audited entity, the report said. The GEF set up in the early 90s, remember when all the progressive Pepsi Democrats were creating world government in the form of NAFTA and GATT and all that good stuff and paid anarchists were smashing Starbucks windows back in the go-go 90s. GEF set up in the early 90s with the World Bank to combat climate change. Its main objectives have been to help fight environmental challenges such as deforestation, species preservation, and pollution control. In recent years, GEF has become an independent organization with more than $21 billion dispersed to 170 countries, including $7 billion in projects managed by the UNDP. So this audit covers just 2018 and 2019, the last two years of climate corruption. And this comes as donor countries have raised concerns about the facility's mismanagement of funds. We will include the link to the Financial Times report, but we'll do it via archive.is. Usually half the time, most of the things are, are behind the paywall on Financial Times. Anyway, you an agent hit with corruption and allega- corruption allegations at climate projects, James. You almost need a whole other book to kind of break down all the jargon and acronyms. But I, this seems uh, double plus good for us, right? Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, exactly. No, okay. So, yes, I hope people will uh, obviously read through the article we're linking to as well as the Financial Times, the archive link of the Financial Times article so that they can find out that this is a prime example of Financial Times-style Rothschild-style journalism uh, that has no details whatsoever. Uh, It's just that the Financial Times has seen these reports of corruption and documents, but they're not going to quote them. They're not going to say anything specific whatsoever from them. They'll the only thing that even reeks of specificity is, of course, an allegation against Russia. Oh, they've squandered millions of dollars, and uh, it's the you know the Russians and other donors are getting upset about this. Uh, uh, 
Uh, I, they do mention a little bit about Uzbekistan, but really, literally, it's just all generalities and fluff. No details, no specifics. They're not going to publish the documents they're referring to. They're not even going to quote from them. So you're not going to find anything of substance here. But the bigger picture of this should not be surprising. Yes, the climate boondoggle is a swindle. And in exactly the same way that the politicians and health authorities who tell you you have to mask and be socially distanced and stay home for Thanksgiving and all of this... Uh, uh, and then go out and completely break all of the rules that they're setting for you, the plebs. Well, in the same, it shows that they don't believe any of these rules they're setting. They know it is a scam, but they're just doing it because their pockets are lined and they're they're happy to, to sell you down the river. In the same way, the climate swindlers know this has nothing to do with protecting the environment, zero whatsoever. It is just a big trough of money and they've got their snoots all the way into that trough, sucking up as much as they can for their own aggrandizement. No surprise there. But actually, that's, I mean, that corruption and that swindle and, and boondoggle is bad enough. But actually, it goes much, 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 much deeper than that. And I'd like to think my hardcore audience will already know something about this. What What is this? This global environmental facility? I've never heard of it. Well, you have if you read my uh, weekend editorials. Uh, I, I published on this in 2016, the second most important bank you've never heard of, where I went through talking about the GEF, what it is, how it operates, how it was formed, including the 1987 Fourth World uh, uh, Wilderness Conference, which was infiltrated, uh, was audio taped by George Hunt, who then went on a speaking tour talking about, you won't believe what I just heard, Edmund de Rothschild, Morris Strong, the Rockefellers descended on Colorado. I, I was uh, just there to fill in for someone who was sick, and I, I got to video uh, tape the conference, audio tape the conference, and here it is, and you can listen to Edmund de Rothschild talking about the importance of this debt for nature swap conservancy uh, scam that they're running. You can hear one of the participants up there literally say, quote, I suggest therefore that this be sold not through a democratic process, that would take too long and devour far too much of the funds, to educate the cannon fodder, unfortunately, that populates the earth. We have to take an almost an elitist program so that we can see beyond our swollen bellies and look to the future in time frames and in results which are not easily understood or which can be, with intellectual honesty, be reduced down to some kind of simplistic definition. Literally, these are the words and that you can hear in this audio recording that George Hunt made of the proceedings, and you can listen to Edmund Rothschild. I did include a little bit of that in uh, Why Big Oil Conquered the World. Um, but anyway, the, that video is up there. And side note, please, if anyone out there is saving works from the Library of Alexandria, that George Hunt uh, he's, he's he'd done a lecture on it. He did a presentation on it. Those would be good ones to save and upload to something library or whatever to in order to save those because they are disappearing from YouTube. Um, having said all of that, I will include the link back to that article that I wrote so you can find out more about the global environmental facility and debt for nature swaps, which are going to be incredibly important going forward, which is exactly as it sounds for. It's essentially putting a loaded gun to the world economy's head and saying, hey, you know, you know all that crippling debt we put you under? We'll, we'll let you off the hook for that crippling debt as long as you give us your land and resources. Don't worry, we'll take care of them for the good of the earth. You can trust me, my name's Rothschild. <laughs> I mean, it's insanity. 
But it's right there out in the open, another open conspiracy that unfortunately, again, the mainstream is never going to tell you about. So please go to the show notes for this and look up that article. It has some incredibly important information. I think some of the some of the related you've got me you got me thinking on now, James. So here in New Mexico, so we go from giant globalist New World Order crazy outfit, you know, globalists to Podunk, New Mexico, where recently they are going to pass three hundred and thirty million dollars in aid for all the businesses and health that's been destroyed. Hey, sorry we ruined your life, but how about we steal 330? Of course, they got to have the 33 in there. How about we steal taxes from you? Will that, that make you feel better? So as you're talking about, again, lockdowns for thee but not for me, we had the link a couple of weeks ago to the way to properly greet politicians and that guy giving the very swear-filled swear rant to New York City's Mayor de Blasio Speaking of things disappearing from the internet, I have saved it. I'll put it in the show notes. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy tried to dine out maskless with his family the other night, and it went even better than the situation in New York. Again, not safe for work, but I will include those show notes. So finally, on this New World Next Week, episode 430, I don't call it media monarchy for nothing, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo wins Emmy Award for COVID-19 TV briefings. No, this is not The Onion, and it's not even the Babylon Bee. The Emmy for Best Acting as Sitting Governor goes to Governor Andrew Cuomo, who's been blamed for letting the deadly coronavirus run rampant in New York's nursing homes. He got an International Emmy Award for his daily TV briefings about the disease, but it won't be for outstanding lead actor in a real-life drama. Instead, Cuomo is recognized for his effective use of television during the pandemic by the International Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. Quote, the governor's 111 daily briefings worked so well because he effectively created television shows with characters, plot lines, and stories of success and failure. So said Bruce Paisner, president and CEO of the International Academy. In an ironic twist, the announcement came just two days after Cuomo called a reporter obnoxious and offensive. Speaking of calling people things, Assemblyman Ron Kim, a Democrat of Queens, whose uncle died in one of Cuomo's killer nursing homes back in April, called Cuomo's Emmy another demoralizing moment. U.S. Representative Tom Reed, a Republican who represents the upstate New York area around Corning, called the award a sick joke and said it helps explain why so many Americans are fed up with Hollywood elites. City Councilman Joe Borelli, Republican from Staten Island, also said this is like giving Bill Buckner the Gold Glove Award. State Republican Chairman Nick Langworthy called the award proof positive that Hollywood lives in its own alternative reality and offensive to so many families that lost loved ones in New York. Governor Cuomo definitely deserves award for best actor in the fictional storylines that he's created, declaring himself a great leader. Maybe he'll also win an award for most deaths on a governor's watch. Uh, Baby Bush, is I think he's had that lockdown for a while. How about most businesses and jobs killed? Most power-hungry dictator. Cuomo, of course, created an acceptance video for the virtual award ceremony, noting, quote, I thank the Academy, which I got a real kick out of. All the world is a stage, and it's become very, very obvious. So in the show notes, I've got the complete virtual video ceremony all linked up so you can watch dead-eyed celebs like CIA cutout Robert De Niro thank and praise the guy who actually killed Grandma. 
So this is the 2020 International Emmy Founders Award presentation, and I'll include the links that kind of show exactly what this award is. It's not just a regular Emmy for acting. The International Emmy Founders Award, or Founders Award, is given by the International Academy of Television Arts and Sciences to individuals whose creative accomplishments have contributed in some way to the quality of global television production. They kicked it off in 1980 with Jim Henson. While other illustrious winners include Bill Cosby, Oprah, Spielberg, Al Gore, Don Hewitt, which is not a household name, but he was the executive producer of 60 Minutes. He's the guy that got a tobacco executive to break his non-disclosure agreement for a huge interview that they decided to not air. That is the story of The Insider. Our buddy Richard Grove has done a lot of work on that. But I would think more recently you can kind of see this wasn't a politicized award, at least not before the scandemic. J.J. Abrams won it in 2013, Disney Star War hack. Game of Thrones showrunners won the award last year in 2019. See, it's a bunch of TV movie crap, but now it's all medical, martial law and order. It, yeah, the law and order guy won one several years back too. Hey, why is there no award in 20? Why, why is there no award in 2017? Oh. Actor Kevin Spacey was chosen to be the recipient of the 2017 International Emmy Founders Award, but the International Academy reversed their decision following accusations of sexual misconduct by Jeffrey Epstein associate and Netflix star Kevin Spacey. Shame again. This is, I think it makes things really, really obvious. And that's been some of the positive news we've been seeing lately. It just, it, it, the mask has slipped and it makes it all just so very obvious. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, you could not ask for a more on the nose description of what has just played out globally than this. Oh yeah. He created characters and plot lines and stories to keep the audience interested because this is just a television production. That's exactly right. I agree. Uh, it's so, it's so on the money. It's crazy. And yeah, I mean, this goes to the heart of things. And of course, of course, they're going to honor the person who literally, yes, did take sick people, lock them in with grandma and grandpa, lock the doors and shut them in there to leave thousands of them to die, to gin up the numbers, to make this look like some sort of international crisis. Mission accomplished. Of course, he's going to get Emmys. He's going to get accolades. He's going to get awards. He's going to get lauded uh, because he definitely played his part in ginning up this crisis for the globalists. So mission accomplished. And I, just as a side note, I think we should retire Not the Onion and we should replace that with Not the Bee because I think clearly the Babylon Bee has taken over the Onion space as the you know actual satire that that actually can make you laugh, if not cry. So, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, this is it. This is it. Not not the Babylon Bee. This is real life. And they're putting it in your face. You're right. The mask has slipped, so to speak. And it's right in your face right now. And they're just daring anyone to, to call out the emperor for not wearing clothes. Well, we are calling out the emperor. He is not wearing clothes. It is now... The line is in the sand. Either you see this... Or you don't. And if you don't, I, I don't know if there's any help for you at this point. That is another important episode of New World Next Week, episode 430. And James, for these last several months, we've been using my American post office box for folks who don't do the digital banking, PayPal sort of thing that want to support New World Next Week, that want to support Corbett Report. And they can essentially do it through the media monarchy kingdom here in the States. It has been 
James, it's been so fantastic. It's been so amazing to hear from all kinds of people. And again, it's old school. It's letters. It's 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 physical things. Again, as I talk many, many times, physical media, man, is where it's at. The one caveat I've run into very recently is I've discovered that Canadian checks that have this horizontal uh, endorsement thing, yeah, U.S. banks are <laughs> like I. So I've not been able to do anything with those in the meantime. Maybe folks from Canada don't send personal checks. Money orders have actually all gone gone pretty well. James, I always again, I think for you and I both, it feels weird at the end of these episodes. Talk about money and talk about all the stuff because that's really not why we've done any of this for 15 or so plus years. But things have just gotten so much more difficult. I mean, in some ways, again, seems like the web is kind of ruined. And we're basically it's like a fire sale. We're pulling the copper wire out right now because they are burning this baby down. What are we going to turn to? I don't know. Physical things. Maybe the post office box. Maybe we'll write letters to each other and things. How subversive can you get? So we will include all those links to not only the post office box, but any other number of ways you can support our work. Again, as I say always on my morning show, you've never heard an advertisement for Media Monarchy. You've never heard us selling some weird product that's going to help your health. And you certainly have never heard us throw our beliefs under the bus every four to eight years when some phony baloney savior comes along. James, I appreciate doing this with you, man. And you know what's coming up in in two weeks. I'll, I'll throw it back to you and let you tell the folks and wrap it up. Uh, well, it's going to be the end of your wrap up slash new new world next year. Looking ahead to 2021, and yeah, I let me back up what you said there. It's almost as if the end of the internet as we've known it took place this year. So, uh, yes, physical media and physical ways of contacting real people in real life is going to be more and more important going out from here. And let me also put out a special call to the audience. Do not take what we are doing week in and week out for granted. Please don't just think of this as another program on your TV. This is not some sort of Emmy award-winning characters and plotline story that uh, you can just eat popcorn and watch. No, th this is really important information. And you do not know, and I do not know, and no one knows how long we will be able to continue doing this in the form we are doing it. Do not take it for granted. And yes, monetary support is needed and greatly appreciated, but even more fundamental than that, we need your support in spreading this information. If you have people in your life, for example, who are going to be those willing human guinea pigs to roll up their sleeves and give back vaccines and are telling you that you must do the same, please send them the information that we're linking to here and the stories and use this information in your real life. I really do think this is exceptionally important. So please don't take this for granted. And on that note, on that very serious note, yes, we're going to be back again next week. Um, as long as we're able to do it, uh, we will be here doing it. So thank you, James, for these three stories and looking forward to talking to you again next week. All right. Thank you so much, buddy. Take care.